All right, hello and welcome everybody to the Caregivers Care Jar podcast. Uh, we are, as always, uh, so grateful to be with you and thank you for tuning in and listening. Uh, whether you are um, catching this on your favorite podcast station, uh, we appreciate you subscribing and sharing uh, this information. We have a wonderful um, uh, re-interview, so to speak, um, today, uh, guest coming back on. Uh, first of all, my name is Vaughn Foy, the voice brander, and I'm looking to share with you today. I have my wonderful co-host, Miss Christy. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> we get that in there. And uh, we are the eyes and the ears of, of all of us caregivers, and we're all in this together, not only for COVID-19 at the time of this recording, but we're also all in this all together, healing together, um, and supporting one another here at the Caregivers Care Jar. We want to welcome back our special guest who is um, an author and a caregiver coach. Um, she has an awesome book that um, is called Surviving Dementia Without Losing Your Mind. She is also, uh, well, her name is Marisa Pasquini. She's no stranger. We had her on a couple of episodes uh, before, but um, the subject that we have today, are seniors safer at home? There's a big thing going on, and we're going to get ready to jump right into it. But I also want to just mention uh, Marisa is the founder and the CEO of the National Home Care Academy, and she really is a great service to our circle and community here. And Marisa, welcome back. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be back here with you guys today and appreciate you having me back. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So the reason why we have you back and uh, which we thought it would be so um, great for our audience is during this COVID, um, you know, things are jumping off each and every day. Things are new and in the caregiving community, especially uh, with the seniors, mm -hmm. Um, you and I had a conversation the other day, and you were meeting with a colleague and a friend mm -hmm. that, you know, people are um, in senior facilities, you know, people are worried about their loved ones. So right. they are, um, bring them home for whatever various reasons. And um, it was like, huh, wow, that's true. And that must be a major thing. There's a lot of things that go uh, into that. And so we wanted to have you back on because you have definitely hands-on experience with that. And we really would love to just share um, share with the audience what's all happening, what's your experience, what's going on right now with you. Right. So what I'm seeing a lot on social media and um, first of all, anytime there's something like this, there's lots of fear. And mm. um, so families of seniors that are used to visiting their um, loved ones in a facility in an assisted living or in a nursing home type facility they can't get in and um, so the media being what it is um, kind of focuses on all of that and all of the stuff that's wrong right you know oh, i can't get in to see my mother and look she's crying in there and she doesn't understand what's happening and then there's like the reality of the actual virus and vulnerable people in close proximity to one another 
who um, have staff coming in and out, um, who are serving lots and lots of patients. So it only, um, you know, the natural progression of that is that if there is um, somebody who is um, not showing symptoms or showing symptoms and going to work anyway, um, there's going right. to be there's going to be some fallout from that, right? Right, right. So, you know what what well, is the best best plan of action? But I think that right there, that's the key word is what is the plan of action, right? Plan of action. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because there's. Right. Oh, Go ahead. I was going to add that there is, um, like you said, you know, there's. Um, I know. <clears throat> different facilities um, where the either nursing staff are either, you know, they're not for fear or whatever, they may not be showing up or, um, uh, or there's just a shortage, there's a shortage in general for, um, you know, for service. Mm -hmm. And we still, you know, still need the care. And uh, I know we want to definitely focus on what's the solutions um, and what's yes. kind of plans and what can we do to make sure that we're most informed so that we can bring the best care for, for our loved right. ones. Right, because they keep extending the lockdown every couple weeks and then now they're talking about maybe raising it. So there's really uncertainty everywhere. Mm -hmm. So what's, you know, as, as the caregiving coach that you are, what, mm -hmm. you know, what can we do and plan to say, hey, what's the next right best step for my loved one and my senior right. that I'm so concerned about? And, right. you know, maybe I'm home more because I'm not at work either. So, you know, our circumstances have kind of changed, you know, the family right. dynamic at home as well. Absolutely. So I think that, you know, if we're going to focus more on the on the family caregiver and what what families can do in this episode um, you know the first thing the first thing to decide is can you actually do it can you bring can you safely you know title of this episode is can we are seniors safer at home well will right. they be safer at home because there's lots of things to consider with safety right there's not just yeah. exposure to virus right. which, which is at the top of everybody's consciousness right now but right. what other what other uh, things are going to need to be brought in so that that person actually is safe at home yeah um, well you just senior proof you know like we baby proof a home we get to senior proof a home right, right? and dementia proof a home right yeah yeah, yeah specifically you know Right. So I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Teach us a little bit, uh, kind of walk through for our audience. So the scenario is you have a loved one at a facility mm -hmm. and you're considering bringing them home. Mm -hmm. So I would say the first step in that consideration is what, what is your plan? So make a plan, right? You're going to say they're going to come home in, in a month or in a week. You know, at this point, it's probably quicker, right? You're wanting to get them home soon. What first? You have to plan for the transition time for the senior, especially if the senior has dementia. And I mean, if if they're in a facility, there's going to be some level of you know cognitive impairment that's going on. I I'm going to assume. Right. So. Right. You're going to have to plan that 
there's going to be a transition time, just like there was a transition time for them going into some kind of a facility. Um, there might be more confusion, more agitation, more anxiety, more um, sort of outbursts and things like that. I've been working with a group um, of, it's a, it's a, an adult day center and a group of family mm -hmm. caregivers that have their loved ones going to this day program. Well, now the day program is shut down. Oh, so yeah. their loved ones are mm -hmm. home all the time and mm -hmm. behavior is just off the charts, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, what, what's, what is the plan for that? First, you have to respect it. And then you need to get some support in order to either manage it yourself or bringing caregivers in to the home, having a plan for the care. What is the care plan going to look like? Um, someone in my mm. group this morning, um, her father was in an assisted living facility and um, the virus broke out in the facility. And I, I know there's a lot of conversation about nursing home versus assisted living. And I want to be respectful that, you know, sure. nursing homes are probably, they might be more vulnerable there, but this did happen in a, an assisted living facility. Mm. So she brought her dad home and he's living with her and she has space for him. And she, you know, created the, created the space for him and has care coming in. Uh, she has 60 hours worth of care coming in. I was wow. really, yeah, it's a week. Was, mm -hmm. Right. Six a hours week, a week. Yes. Or, oh, wow. 60 hours a week. Yep. And, oh, wow. um, and she's getting support, right? And wow. she is noticing changes in him and, and a lot of that based on just being in a brand, you know, an environment that is unfamiliar. So, I That's think that people as well. Absolutely. She said, this was really heartbreaking. She said that she goes in to see him because she works from home and she's still working. She goes in to see him. And some, sometimes when she walks in the room, he doesn't know who she is. Yeah. And um, I mean, that's just mm. kind of, that's mm. part of the game and everything, but right. You know, and um, one, one thing that I have noticed in, in a lot of the, I'm just going to say like in the social media that I see that, that I think helps people that are separated from their loved one is just don't, don't worry about explaining and re-explaining why you can't come in or why they're not where they used to be. It's best just to keep it very simple in terms of, um, you know, I can't come in right now, but I'm, I'm going to get in there in a few days. So just hang in there. And, um, but I'm seeing you, I'm here, I'm, you know, everything's fine. And, and then redirect into something more positive. Um, the right. Because they don't have a sense of time. Exactly. And the more mm. you explain, oh, there's a deadly virus out there and we all need to protect yeah. ourselves that it's, it's going to be an agitating thought for them and mm -hmm. then they're not going to remember, but they will be agitated and then they ask again. So it's best just to say, oh yeah, I can't come. I can't, just can't make it right now. I need, I really want to see you. I really miss you and I'm going to see you real soon. But for now, 
we, this is what we need to do. Yeah. yeah. And keeping it like that, even with somebody coming home, well, why did I, why am I here? Why am I not, you know, where I used to be? Really just best to be like, dad, I wanted to spend more time with you. So you're mm. here now, mm-hmm. you know, rather than the explanation of, um, wow. Yeah. The explanation of, well, that place had a, you know, there's a, there's a virus going around, like all of that. Yeah. It's really superfluous to a person with dementia. It's really about why am I here? And if you can keep that in the positive, because me and, you know, your, my brother, my, uh, your son and your daughter and me, we love you and to see you more. So you're going to stay here for a while with us, that kind of thing. Right. It's much more helpful than, you know, feeding into that, the fear that they are or the confusion that they're feeling, right? Right, right. So That's I so see helpful. these videos and I just get so, I get so upset because mm. it's so much easier if you can just look the person in the eye, even if it's through the glass and say, I, I just can't get in there today, but I'll be back tomorrow, you know? And that way they have that, they feel comforted by that, right? They're like, okay, I guess it's okay, you know? Yeah, the words that they, the words that are communicated to them and they're so, um, if I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they're very present, like, it's like right now. Yeah. So if they're getting comforting words right now, even though we know that they'll forget, right? but it's, it's all about their right now. And, uh, right. and yeah, like you said, not, and I've had the, it's interesting, I really appreciate when you share, because I, even with, you know, with my mom, mm-hmm. you know, um, oh, wow, I, I dreamt about something about a virus or something that's going on. And I have to watch my, you know, self every day to how to communicate mm-hmm. um, and not communicate to her as if she, re, you know, I can have that conversation that she remembers. It's like, right. no, this is kind of new she may see it on a channel flip or something or hear it and um and it triggers but yeah you're right like wow not to um right not to (laughs) re-educate right exactly exactly it's really just it's very similar you know when somebody dies to you know i'm getting off topic a little bit but it's the same uh theory like if if a person with dementia asks to see their mother who's been dead mm. for 20 years or 30 years or more, um, you know, because they're our parent or someone that we know, we go, oh, grandma's been dead for 30 years. Well, the fact that they're asking about it means that they don't remember. And if mm. you tell them that, they will grieve just as if it just wow. happened. Wow. Yeah. And and they will they will oh, wow. grieve and then they'll forget and they'll ask again and then they'll grieve again and grieve again and it's just wow. um you know easier to say oh where, where's my mom oh you missing your mom tell me something you love about your mom you know and i mean there's okay. there's ways of of maneuvering that conversation but in the short in short that's sort of what you're trying to do yeah redirecting their feelings right yeah and again there is a little there's a little bit more to it that i it's actually some of the stuff i teach in the courses and that kind of stuff but 
Um, yeah. But yes, you want to, you, you never want to give them a direct answer to a question like that because yeah. you will have a very sad person on your hands. Right. And then they won't remember. <laughs> so. Um, That's so good. Yeah. Yeah, we got we got a side plug. You got to get, you have to get her book. Um, we have it on our, our website. You can uh, sign up on her website for sure. You'll see those in the notes. And um, nationalhomecareacademy.com, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And uh, definitely connect with her. Yeah, just, uh, definitely. Just so good. So bringing, so, so bringing someone home, and then you were saying that um, your, your friend or someone in your, in your group brought yes. her father home, I take it? She brought her father home, yep. And, and how long, um, do you know how long he had been in the facility before this? Four years. Oh, four wow. years mm-hmm. yeah and he's he's quite elderly he's i know he's in his 90s i've i know him i've met him before um and a wonderful just a sweet wonderful guy so she's loving having mm. him home and she does work from home so she's there she's brought in the care and i'm just you know i don't i don't want to um I want to just reemphasize that getting support around that behavior and around those changes, because there's, there's changes that you're not going to expect, right? That, right. and these, these folks in the, in the group, just the stuff that they're sharing about, yeah, she wasn't like that before, but now um, she's mm. trying to head out the door, you know? So how does the family how does the family deal with that? And um, mm. those are just those are those noticing those behaviors and knowing that in advance that that's going to happen and and sort of um, strengthening yourself so that you're going to be able to deal with them and not get not lose your mind, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and keep them safe. Like that's what you want. You want them to be safe. So being prepared yourself mm. as a caregiver is such a valuable way to keep you know your loved ones safe so i I'm, what's coming to mind is like the process of like okay my loved one's in the hospital i want to bring i want right. to bring her home and i just want to i just want to bring her home now, mm-hmm. but thankfully it sounds like you know your friend had you know kind of she had a, a plan or at least some things definitely in the works and ahead right. of time but for some of us that may be, you know, I just want her home. What do I need to do to get her home? And right. I'm not really thinking about the, um, the uh, I don't want to say not the ramifications, or... repercussions. Yeah, yeah repercussions sure. Of what's going to happen. Because things, uh, and maybe share with us some things that we have to consider is, uh, say if we don't have the care, say if we, say we only get 15 hours a week or 20 hours a week. Right. Um, what we have to think about is, is um, how am I by myself? Um, am I going to be able to um, cater to and um, facilitate their mm-hmm. needs, um, emotional needs, companionship needs? Right. Um, will I be able to continue to do, um, you know, maybe right now I'm not working, I'm at home. Right. Um, I may have kids. I may have, um, uh, you know, can the, w- with a dog, 
jumping on them or, you know, that, right. uh, what is my home style? Uh, what What's happening in my life where I'm bringing them into that I would have to um, or get to, you know, manage that. Um, right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we can talk and share about some of the some of the things just to consider. Right. Well, uh, so I've awesome. seen different scenarios um, with how, and, and I'm not going to say that it's about, you know, in this situation of bringing somebody home, but there are, there are lots sure. of ways that families do this. And some families, like, they, they completely pull together, right? And the situation of having their loved one in the home with them or in a place where they can take care of them, you know, in, in a private place, not in facility. And it brings the family together. It teaches the kids leadership. It really does. Like, mm. hey, you got to take care of grandma today. You got to sit and read to her for an hour because I have to go do this. And some kids, I mean, I think kids will rise to the occasion. Kids will rise yeah. to whatever you ask them to rise right. to, right? Right. Mm. They're so resilient. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then there are, there are families that have the opposite experience. So again, being, you have to actually look at it like this is a job that you have and you have your team and whether that team means, you know, caregivers that are coming in or family members that are supporting you. I have lots of people in my groups that, you know, neighbors are stepping up. It's really I mean, when you hear these yeah. stories of, yeah, every Monday and Wednesday, you know, my neighbor comes over and she and my wife go and we, they paint together and they pick flowers and, you know, it's just like, mm. it's so beautiful that people will step up to help, you know, a neighbor in distress or, you know, to give the husband some uh, respite. Um, so there's all different ways to create it. I think what happens sometimes is, um, families get, they get this feeling like they have to do it on their own and they don't like there are mm. resources for them. And also, you, you know, getting some training on dementia care, like how much would it cost to have that whole team brought in or to place your loved one in a facility, right? But right. if you could, if, if the reason why you think you can't do it is because of the repetition and because of the behavior and because of the, you know, the anxiety and the disruption to the family, how much value would having some training in, in the topic be for a family considering this COVID right. or no COVID, you know? Right. Yeah. Especially COVID though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, Yeah. And I, I can I I get how afraid people are that, um, you know their their loved one is out of you know literally out of their hands, right? When they could go and visit and sort of keep an eye on things that were happening, sure. and to not be able to do that would be really scary. Um, right. But um, well, and just having to be their advocate from a telephone instead of being right. physically right there, saying, "Okay, this is the situation," and. Now I can make a decision where they're not really able to see what's going on in the facility, but they're calling them saying, you know, I need you to make some decisions and they right. don't really have anything to go by. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really, I mean, I feel for people that are, that are in the yeah. situation. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it is really um, uh, the and the, just the, the separation, and then um, I think I think what some people may also be experiencing um, a whole level, a new level of um, you know guilt, and some scenarios where they uh, place their loved one you know in a facility because you know they for whatever reason good mm -hmm. uh, they could continue to watch over them where they feel up they can't. And I'm sure that, you know, you would share about different, um, you know, there's different places where it's like you would want to, a love, one would want to keep a loved one to keep care of them, but really physically and emotionally, you really right. can't handle it. So, you know, they do have to, you know, place in a facility. Mm -hmm. But now that COVID on there and I can't even go to there and I have to deal with my uh, feelings of possibly, well, wow, now I really feel bad because if something happens, I wasn't right. there and I couldn't handle it and um, all that. So let me just bring them home just to, you know, relieve whatever that feeling, you know, is or right. conscious or um, that may not, it's, it's, it's not true, so to speak, but that's their, that's their reality. That's, that's their experience. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I always try and the guilt is the worst, you know, mm. it's, it's so hard on the caregiver and the care, you know, because, and I'll say as like a family, a family caregiver, having that kind of, that kind of guilt first, it doesn't do anybody any good, just, you know, and we trust that we're all doing the best we can. And we are, right. we're all doing the best we can. Right. right? So to, mm -hmm. You know, that that's such a tough one to um, yeah. to discuss because it's a hard thing for caregivers to let go of, you know. Right. Well, and one thing to remember, you know, when as um, they're giving people the DPOA, you know, whether it be the parents or the kid, you know, the kids taking. If you're that person in charge that's making decisions for that person who can't make those decisions anymore, they trusted you and they that's know right. that you're going to do what's totally best for them. So there's no, you know, animosity because you can't make a decision based on something you didn't know. Like we didn't know right. COVID was going to happen. So right. we couldn't make a decision. So, you know, as the caregiver, we got to give ourselves some grace, right? We made Absolutely. the best right decision for that moment. And now here's another moment with another opportunity to make another decision. Right. And they still trust us to do the right thing just as they did back then. Yes. So mm, we are going to continue to make the right choices. Just sometimes they get a little challenging and opportunities come up that we weren't expecting. And this is right. where Vaughn and I always say we have our plan A to B all the way to Z because yeah. Yeah, it may be, it may look a certain way, you know, that it may not look a certain way that we expected to, because a lot of people put their family in a home and go, okay, great. Right. We've got them in a place. Now they're safe. Yeah. And now this happened, you know, and yeah. now they're like, oh my gosh, now what? You know, right. Right. There's mm -hmm. answers. We get to figure it out. And sometimes it just takes a little bit more time and practice. Right. But right. Yeah. Give ourselves grace. We're, we're doing a good job. That's, good. That's so good. Give ourselves grace. That's I really love good. that. Yeah. It's so true. <laughs>
because we're all That's learning so at the same time as well. It's like this is no one in the new. entire universe has had to deal with this. No, no. So why thing. should we expect that we know what right. we're doing? Right, right, right. I think too. You know, sometimes really just talking to a friend, you mm -hmm. know, joining a group and being in a space where there's other people like going through what you're going through. Right. Because, because that definitely the support mm -hmm. and being able to just express that because somebody reflecting back to you when you say, Oh, I, you know, I can't believe I did that. Why did I place my mom in the first place? You know, but sometimes that someone reflecting back to you, like, well, because you made the decision that needed to be made at the time, right? You were doing, right. you were doing it for, you know, your mother's well-being for her best, you know, right. for her highest good, right? you know? And so to get a feedback and reminder, yeah, yes. feedback and reminder of, of, oh yeah, that is, that is right. why, and that was the most noble at the time, and it was the most um, wise Absolutely. decision at the time. Right. Hmm. right. I like what you said, Chrissy, we get to make, now this is the opportunity, so we get to take this opportunity to make the next wise decision or the best yeah. decision that we yeah. for the moment. Because mm -hmm. it's not set in stone once you place someone in a setting. That's what our, our we mostly think, right? Is okay, mm -hmm. good. Now I have somewhere safe for them to go. Mm -hmm. Well, and circumstances may have changed now with COVID. Your family might be home more, whereas they were going mm -hmm. to work. And that's why there wasn't right. someone there to watch them in case they wanted to go walk outside without letting right. anyone know. Well, now the whole family's mm -hmm. home. So now that might, that might work now. Right. You never know. Right. I mean, the other thing that I just want to say about it, there seems like there's some talk in the air that you can't, I can't get my mom. Yes, you can. Yeah. If that's really mm. what you want to do, it's like a call mm. to the facility and, yeah. you know, this is mm. what families decided, that kind of thing. Um, exactly. The other, the other thing is I, I would have to suggest that a lot of families are choosing to let their parents stay where they are. Yeah. And that's not, mm -hmm. there, that, that is a wise decision too. Like knowing your own situation, what you can handle and what you can do. Right. Is, Cause you're not changing their environment, which is works for them. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. No, that's a great point. Um, because yeah, again, I can just see, which it is emotional, but you don't want to make emotional drastic moves out of, um, you just want to make emotional drastic moves without assessing what, right. what is going to be, what is going right. to be the best move. Yeah. Right. And what the next three steps are. So let's say bring them home. Do I have the capacity to provide the kind of care that they need? Um, right. and, and if the answer is really no, then there you go. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, because who's to say you can't just call the facility and say, you know, your family members have been there a while. You get to know the other families. Mm -hmm. right. Collaborate with each other. Pull together. Create your support system mm -hmm. there. Because we, as the family, might be able to support the staff 
and the individuals inside, the staff may just need some extra support that you can bring to the door that they mm -hmm. can bring mm -hmm. into the facility. You know what I mean? Like right. there's a way. That's good. There's a way right. that you can just connect with each other and figure out what can we do to keep those in the facility that need to stay in the facility. Right. How can we help the staff and the facility to do that? And I you think know? that's right. such a that's such a good point because imagine that those staff and caregivers that are going into their assisted living, their nursing home environment day after day, right? Right. They've got right. their own set of fears around it, you know, around being all of it, you know, being infected sure, themselves. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Being exposed. Exactly. Um, so I, I just feel like having that, having grace for them, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that there's a positivity extended toward them and a, and a gratefulness for what they're doing. Right. And appreciation um, to thank you for risking coming to work yeah, right? Right. for my yeah. family. Yeah. So that right. you could, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's a really great, yeah. What, huh, what can we do collectively and as other um, <clears throat> loved ones that we all have family in there. Um, what can we do? That's so great, Christy. Yeah, what can we do to come in and support the people that are, how can I help you help me? <laughs> exactly, right. exactly. You know, right. I mean, so, I mean, what if a staff member can't show up to cook? You know what I mean? Like somebody can cook some breakfast, bring some meals, you know, bring a meal mm -hmm. for the facility. You know, something, something can happen. And I think right. if people just talk and communicate and connect, I think it can all work out and it will, it does help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I and think I'm sure the support. managers and everybody else, they, they don't want to be frantic. Like, Oh, you know, what am I yeah. going to do? I have three employees that didn't show up and I don't want I to have to believe that them, is sir. just happening all yeah. over the place. Yeah. yeah. Or, or yeah. Or they're, you know, catching a cold or, you know, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. People are, you know, coming in and then they're trying to figure out, okay, how can I still maintain this and keep the people that are staying here safe? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. That's why we're all in it together. We get to yeah. figure it out. <laughs> we are. Yes. Really, and, it's, and it's the opportunity to do that. Um, this is really, really good. Um, very, not only thought provoking, but really heart you know, um, to be creative. And I think this, the thing with the, in the COVID is how can we, everybody's being placed in a place to be creative and yeah. caringly creative or supportingly creative. And okay, we don't have this, it's not going back to the norm. So how are we gonna create this next new norm? How are right. we going to, um, being communication, uh, the communication is stepped up, the intensity or the intention of the communication, um, the importance of the communication is rising back to the top. And what's the quality of the communication that we have with one another, uh, especially with, um, you know, on, in this platform and with our caregivers, is how are we talking? It's always been there, but it's now it's even more so heightened. It's like, how are we going to talk towards solutions? rather right. than saying what is all that appears to be going on when 
you know, we were just talking about a, a video that came out that was like, oh, well, that's what's really going on. And, you know, but we could talk about all that, but it's like, well, but what are we going to do right now? What can we do right now? Right. How can we um, educate? Uh, how can we um, support and just conversate, like you said, and, and put ideas together for solutions? How Now we know what the problem and the ripple effect of the problem is. So what are the solutions going to mm-hmm. be? What what right. kind of solutions or strategies or solutions can we do? And it got right. to start by communicating, um, learning from one another, uh, building trust back with one another. Um, yeah. Another thing I, you know, I thought of like with the situation with bringing loved ones home, there's also the dynamics like uh, I'm just going to put a scenario. Say there's three family members that live in all three different types of states. And the other four families uh, members haven't been involved <laughs> with the, with the caregiving. Right. And but they're screaming, "Well, we want them to come home," but they have no idea about what that entails. They just want them to come home. Well, I'll yeah. send money or limited funds or whatever, but you got to go get them. And the one person that's the closest uh, is like, "Well, I really can't. I would want to, but I can't. You know, you have." the eight bedroom house and there's two of you, can you take them over there? And I can right. imagine there's conversations of the desire to want to, but maybe not the willingness. And it brings up kind of what we talk about in other episodes about the yeah. family dynamic of who's really taken care of or who's not and uh, the demands or the expectations or there's someone right. that's stronger in the family that feels that you know they were able to the dominant yeah yeah you you need to do this that you need to do that and it's like well wait a minute um that's not possible so uh, yeah there's a lot a lot to um consider consider, absolutely and still it's such an individual it's such an individual decision Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but i think that some of this stuff in social media was making it uh appear as if the facilities are saying, you know, I can't do anything. I'm helpless in this situation. You right. Know, not helpless. You can not make a all. decision as a family, as, mm-hmm. as um, you know, to bring somebody out of a situation like that. Just mm-hmm. be prepared for the rest of it, you know? Yeah. Right. Be prepared, whether that's short or long term right you know prepare um that's really good um marisa like you can bring home you 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 have the authority you have the position as Mm -hmm. family to bring your it's your family um you made a decision to to get them into facility Mm -hmm. you also can have to make the decision to take them out and uh yeah Right. And we get to trust wow. ourselves, trust that yeah. we are going to make the right decision. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because we're not purposely trying to make the wrong one. Right. Right? right? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real the only good. one thing I just want to leave is that if you're in that situation where you can't see, you can't go in and visit the way you used to, Save your fear for outside of the visit. Go mm. in, be positive, be cheerful with your loved one. Right. And 
spread some some peace for them for that moment while you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope that the the staff is, you know, are are learning those tools. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of caregivers they don't they don't really have that. Um, they aren't taught that stuff in caregiver academy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, um, you know, they they learn other skills that are really valuable. But as far as mm-hmm. you know that kind of communication it's so valuable for the loved one to just have that sense like everything's going to be okay even if you don't know that like right you're going to tell them that you're going to tell them right. that everything's gonna be okay because that is what they need to hear right and right. um save the save the fear for when you go back out to your car you know and cry yeah. there you know right yeah so that's really so good hard. yeah don't do it alone <laughs> Yeah, yeah no, because really other good. family members too are going to be just as anxious when you get in there, not just your loved one. Mm-hmm. And they all sense that, you know, that's all sensed in the ether, you know? Mm-hmm. So it has to be a conscious choice to, to put that away for now and, and do what needs to be done, just like the healthcare workers are doing, you know, boom, boom, in there doing their work. Go yeah. home and cry. Yay, Christine. <laughs> yep. We do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, um, and it changes everything. And to model that, too, like, you know, you may, hearing this podcast, you may be the only one in your family circle that is hearing this. And um, you can share this and model it with, you know, where you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm saying you have a frantic brother or sister that <laughs> is always the you know um, um, the you know the sky is falling kind of person. But no, well, anxiety, like, yeah, anxiety really gets the best of people, and I can attest to that because I I led by anxiety mm-hmm. for a good eight, first eighteen years. So mm. yeah, yeah. So how you know the to calm that in some way or fashion yeah. so for the loved one um, so, so it could be a healthy environment for them too. Yeah, absolutely. And specifically with dementia, that's like, that's, that's so good to know and to remember. Oh, so, so good stuff. Wow. This has been great. This is great. Um, audience, I hope. So that, helpful. Uh, yeah, plug in any questions and your comments. I'm sure in the feed it's going to be loaded um, with such good stuff. Um, Marisa, thank you again for um, just sharing and bringing up the topic and the, and the thought and the solutions for uh, for caregiving now and, and deciding mm-hmm. if it's safe to bring our senior home. Right. Or not, or even to stay. Right. I mean, I think that there is no, you know, simple answer to it. And I appreciate that, you know, the opportunity to just talk with you guys and sort of hopefully answer some of the concerns that the listeners might be having, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, be able to share some positivity, I hope. Yeah. Absolutely. Good stuff. Really good stuff. So once yeah. once again, everybody, please um, go to Marisa's um, site, and that is the National Home Care Academy. Um, you know, you've heard a little bit of stuff here. She shared some of her coaching with you. She has different things on her site. Um, go to her Facebook 
group, um, all of that good stuff. You know, you can check her out on our, our resource page. Our website is thecaregiverscarejar.com. Uh, it's the same with our Facebook page, Caregivers Care Jar. And this is what we want to be. We want to be, you know, we are being <laughs> yes. uh, the, you know, the, the ear and the voice for the caregivers and making sure that we're a resource for you. And this is just another great episode. Um, we will have you back on again, Marisa. Um, and maybe maybe sooner yes. than later. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love uh, I love what you guys are up to and what you're creating for caregivers and just being a resource of all this great information from all your guests and your own personal experiences as well. So I'm I'm loving partnering with you. So thank you so much. Yes, such a great asset. Thank you so much. And yeah, just listeners, remember this is happening for us, not to us. And we are in the best position to take the best quality care of those we love. And we have the right answers. We just get to figure it out a little. Like Vaughn said, get a little creative. Yeah, mm -hmm. wonderful. That's right. Great stuff. All right. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we're going to close this episode out and be on the lookout um, for us on the next time. Please subscribe. Uh, if you're watching this or listening to this on iTunes and um, also on Stitcher and Google Podcast, and now we're on Spotify as well. Um, we're going to be, if not by this episode, have our YouTube channel up and uh, be sure to visit our webpage. It's just a lot of good stuff there and pass this on to those that would need to hear this. Um, we are always looking for people to interview. Um, our list keeps growing, um, but we want to hear all the stories that we can to share and all the resources and all of the things that we can to share with our community. So feel free to join and reach out to me and Miss Christy, and we would love to have you on board. All right. So until next time, be safe and blessings, and we will catch you on the next episode. All righty. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye.